We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good morning, everyone. If my voice sounds a little different, it's because I'm in Los Angeles and it is 8.05 a.m. And I had a few drinks last night. <sighs> All right. But I'm here. I'm here. I'm committed to the cause. I apologize for not sending out the show card in advance. I'm got a lot going on. All right, I'm going to wait for my calls to show up. In the meantime, I will explain where I was last night. So for those who do not know, I am, I, my day job, I work in 
advertising. And I am in LA for a conference, the ad color conference. Um, and last night, my, um, last night, my, uh, company had hosted a dinner. It was really, I mean, it was a dinner, um, uh, at a restaurant literally across the street from Staples Center. Well, now it's whatever the hell it's called, crypto.com arena, although that's not going to last very long. And, and to my support, we had a little section like outside. It was like outside, but you know, they set up like the, 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 the fake outside. So we had a little section there. And to my pleasant surprise, they had the Knicks game on. I said, okay, this is great. I can sit here, eat dinner, chat with my coworkers, and watch the game. And I'm watching the game, and I look up, and it's 14 to 6. And I'm like, okay, that's not good, whatever. And then they and then without a minute and a half left in the first half um which were getting destroyed uh they changed the channel and they changed the channel to the laker game the lakers were playing the pistons and i immediately got upset and i went back i went and i went to like the front desk i'm like and i look at it it's like every game is on a laker game i'm like okay well that makes sense because this is la but the lakers stink I'd rather watch my terrible team. So I went to the uh, front desk or whatever, and I said, excuse me, can you can you change, can you put different games on different TVs? And I said, sure. It's like, can you put this back on ESPN? And I made them put the next game back on. So they, they put the game back on, and it was, they put the game back on, it has time to start, and we're down 11. I said, oh, wow, we're only down 11. We're only down 11. This is this is this is good, and I spent way too much time watching the Knicks yesterday. Considering I when I was um, I was there for work, um, way too much time. But so was life. Uh, we lost. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I did not see most of the. I did not see. Actually, no. I saw a good amount of second half. Um, <sighs> This this team is freaking frustrating because this well okay so this time last week um, first let me say what's up to everyone in the room smooth I see you Doug B Benji uh, Benny Black was good sign up Cino or sign off to figure out how to pronounce that Nick was good and anonymous no Zoe you're here every week I appreciate you uh, I'm just killing time until my uh till Chris Persiani shows up. But just wait. So this time last week, we had what? Who did we? Who did we? Who did we play last week? I'm gonna pull the schedule. Uh, let's see. Clearly, I'm old. I can't remember who we played last week. Okay, uh, we just beat the we just beat the Pistons, and I believe at that point we were we were six and six. And last week's episode, actually, I'm pretty sure was about. What was last week's episode about? I had it right here. I had it right here. Oh, last week was who the Knicks' biggest problem was. And I said it was Julius Randle. And I know, and we had a poll. I know a lot of people push back on that because they said it's the coach got to fire the coach. And the one thing I realized 
The reason why I said Julius Reyes is the biggest problem is because two reasons. One, the next great Knicks team won't have him on it, so it doesn't make sense to feature him anymore. And two, he is literally blocking the development of our two cornerstone players because the eighth pick from the 2020 draft is his backup. And we have mountains of evidence that show that the third pick from the 2019 draft cannot play with him. They have no two-man game, no chemistry whatsoever. It's your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. But they're not like, they're not exactly Wade and LeBron from Miami either. And they have their warts. And then, so that was last Saturday. And then, oh, here he is. There's my calls. Okay. Let me add you as a co-host. There we go. Did I add him as a co-host? Hello, hello, hello. Chris Persiani, good morning. Good morning. What's going on, my man? And everyone in the audience, what's going on? Doug, CT, Anonymous, Ferg, Jay, Benji, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? Do I sound like I've been drinking? Uh, not more than your usual 11 a.m. <laughs> Saturday amount. Okay, because usually when I um, when I drink and I have to wake up early next morning, my voice sounds a little deeper, and I'm trying not to compensate for that. Um, I'm, I don't mind telling you I'm drinking. I was drinking last night because I'm a grown-ass man and we're all adults and we're all friends. You know, I just didn't do too much. But I will say this. And I can say this because I'm in, I'm in a legal state. And Andrew, um, you can, if you're listening, you can choose to keep this if you want to or not. I was high as a kite last night. Oh my goodness. This state is amazing. <laughs> I went to there's this there's a I went well I'm not gonna say their name because they're not cutting us any checks, but I went to a dispensary and I bought some because last time I was here I bought some stuff and I bought some stuff yesterday and I should have only took a half but I took a whole because I said screw it and woo and that's honestly why I'm not hungover now I didn't I did not need to drink because I was high as a kite. And again, I'm in California where it's perfectly legal. All right. Where was I? I was talking about, okay, last week. So last week, uh, we beat the Pistons. Then we talked about who the biggest problem is out to RJ Barrett. And then that was Saturday. And then Sunday, we went and completely wet the bed. And um, the, 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 there were a lot of feelings were engendered on the timeline. A lot of people were pissed, myself included. So, um, Chris, let's review this week. All right, so let this week we gave up 145 points at home in regulation to Oklahoma City Thunder, which has only happened 29 times in the history of the league. Only 29 times in the history of the NBA has a team scored 145 points on the road and it was the game didn't go to overtime. So that was fun. Uh, and then we heard about the players only meeting before the jazz game, a game that we all expected to lose and thought that, um, Tibbs was on watch. We beat the jazz. Uh, then we beat the nuggets in what Jonathan Mack called. I think I agree with him. The hardest back to back in North American sports at Utah at Denver. Cause both games are at altitude. 
Although I felt a little bit better about the Denver about the Denver game because we played it out some the week before. Like a lot of people don't know that Salt Lake City is forty four hundred feet above sea level. Everyone remembers Denver, you know, mile high, obviously, but Utah is pretty high up there as well. So obviously, two plays a factor. And we won those two games, and 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 the reason why this space is called "What the hell is going? What is going on?" is because Sunday we were ready to. Would you get a phone call? No, my phone, there? my phone, uh, my phone. You know that you know when your your iPhone does a thing where it, the screen goes black, you see the little. Oh yeah, that's if you like cover the top of your your phone. That's like the the sensors they have to try and detect if you're like on a handheld. Save battery, but it's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, look at look at look at this guy Sean just floating in and out of Twitter consciousness right now. Just as Andrew Claudio joins our producer, fantastic. Um, look at look at the timing, folks. So, as Sean was saying, let's see if we can recover him from the void here. Um, well, there was a lot going on in that in that Sunday game against. Uh, against OKC and and like Sean just said um that looked like a New York Knicks team that had essentially given up on its head coach uh if <laughs> you know if you want to say that the literal next game they were back you know with their I I don't know but listen <laughs> that players only meeting got called for a reason that Oh my God! That loss to Oklahoma City was was indubitably the work of that. That was the results. That was the work of a team that was out on its coach. Um, that that Nick team that day was not interested in in hearing whatever it was um, that their coach had to offer, and so that's a very tough start to things um, for a season for a team, but. You know, they they came out after that meeting, whatever it was that Randall said. And, and you know, that meeting must have started with, you know, hey, this has to start with me. Um, that must have started with Julius saying, hey, I need to be held accountable. Me, 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 me. And you guys, too. But let's start with me, you know, because I think that would have been the most powerful way to present that information. Um but but they came out like they believed in their coach again in those next two games against Utah and against Denver. And even even in against Golden State, Tibbs was trying all sorts of different rotation combinations. Golden State is the first game this season. Golden State is the first game this season where I look at the Knicks team and I say, Tibbs might have done his best and the players did not. The players did not play well today. Tibbs put them in a position to. Uh, previously, there's always some sort of gripe with me personally on the utilization of our players, the lack of optimization of our players and our talent. Um, but I didn't have one last night. My gripe was more with the players for playing like they didn't want to win. Um, but now, I know that that's a common excuse for Tom Thibodeau defenders to just blame everything on the players, blame everything on Julius. The new thing is to blame everything on RJ. And then also, while you're doing it, passive-aggressively complain that you're not allowed to complain about RJ. Like, relax. There's no fan base police. Um, <laughs> that, that seems to be the new thing, is complaining that you're not allowed to complain about RJ. No one is stopping you from saying what you'd like to say, uh, first of all. Second of all, 
this new thing of just blaming these guys every time that Thibodeau, you know, makes a mistake or the, you know, maybe Hartenstein makes a mistake and people are like, oh well, it was Barrett or oh, it was Randall. The obsession with the scapegoats has got to go. Um, I gotta say, as someone who often says, Thibodeau did not put these guys in the best position to win. He may have put them in a good position to win, but it wasn't great or, or close to perfect or the best. Or it's just consistently not what it could be. I, I thought it was completely fine against Golden State. I thought the players didn't execute. Um, but that's that's not to say that this roster is uncoachable or some of the other nonsense that's been peddled out there um, in defense of Tom Thibodeau. A, a million people could coach this roster. Uh, it, it's a matter of being willing to find combinations of talent like Obi and Randall playing together that you previously deemed unacceptable from what you saw in a 16-minute sample size. Now it turns out that was the answer to your problems and it had been sitting under your nose all along. So the whole stubbornness of like Tibbs being like, oh, well, these fans, these nerds are telling me to play Jericho and this, I'm just going to do it. And then having it actually work like is really funny to me because it felt like Tibbs was doing this stuff despite everyone in the organization that wanted him to do it. And then it worked and he was like, ah, shit. Sean, are you, are you back from the void? I'm back. My 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 Twitter app decided to crash because it apparently is more hungover than I am. I'm not. Well, I'm not hungover. Tired. I'm not hungover. I am not hungover. Damn it. <laughs> but listen, I was listening to everything you said. I think you're you're on point. I think the yeah the uh, the the passive aggressive uh, complaining about people telling you how to fan when no one's telling you how to fan is funny. Um. It, 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 it's hilarious. Um, I was actually reading, I was actually um, going on the Twitter, I was actually scrolling on the Twitter, and I saw that today is the 18, eight, wow, the, the mouse of the palace is old enough to vote. That was 18 years ago today. Um, at the end of this show, I will tell a story about where I was um, the day of the mouse of the palace. That was actually a pretty good, it's actually a pretty good day for me. Um, but everything you said was on point. Um, like between people deciding that RJ is RJ's fault for everything, and and I did not pay as much attention to games I did yesterday. But it seems like you're right. Like we did, like Tibbs did everything, and we like we started all of ten from three in the in the first quarter. I was like, oh, yeah, it, it was one of those. You know, the, the, between those and the other thing that that gets at me. Um, and I'll be quick here. This will not be a whole rant. Do not worry. But the other thing that gets at me is fans pretending like specific millions that the Knicks have doled out are like affecting their personal bottom line. Like, for example, I'm a, an agenda pusher. I know what it's like to ignore certain things and pay attention and highlight others, right? I do this in the NFL all the time, where when Derrick Henry has three touchdowns, I do not see it. Because Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the NFL, and you can't tell me otherwise, right? So I, I get this, right? But the notion that like Evan Fournier's $78 million contract is why the Knicks are never going to win anything. But then, you know, the people pick and choose. They're like, Randall's deal is completely fine. RJ's is a problem. And Evans is, is awful. Or they're like, RJ's is good. Randall's is bad. Evans is good. Or, you know, you know, it's like people are literally just drawing takes out of a hat with these deals. It's like none of the money is yours. It, 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 you know, you're not you're not cutting any of these checks. 
Um, the team is clearly in a position where they're trying to mid their way up. They, they were when, when Leon Rose got hired. The expectation league wide of the New York Knicks was not only to be a bad basketball product, but to be a laughing stock while they did it. Right now, the team is mediocre and functionally mediocre without drama or without right. Okay, now, they've added a bunch of draft picks and yada yada as time goes on. These contracts are going to come and go, and they're going to keep signing them, and they're going to keep trading them because they've acquired the assets to get rid of them. These guys made six second-round picks appear out of freaking thin air to use them to dump all their bad deals. Just because they undid their own screw-ups doesn't mean I can't still credit them for how they went about it, you know? So. The notion that like Mitch's sixty million dollars is an awful deal because he's averaging six and six this year, but Evans a good player, or you know the other way around, which is Evans a bad player and his seventy eight million dollar deal is tanking our team, but Mitch sixty million is a perfect deal even though he's averaging six and six this year. It's just like and has been injured, which is another problem of his. I, I feel like fans have kind of. I, I feel like we're at the point. You know, you know when you're going from one twenty five to fifty nine. And that train does not stop. <laughs> and you're like, yo, we are moving and grooving right now. Like this thing is flying. I feel like fans are trying to get off the train right now. I feel like I feel like we're at like 78 and y'all saw the Natural Museum of History. And you're like, oh shit, <laughs> this train did not stop. Let me get my ass off this train. I want control over like no, strap the hell in. You are along for the ride, yo. You are coming along. You got orange and blue in your veins. You're coming along. So we're at this point in the ride where there's a little turbulence. People getting a little uncomfortable. People maybe uh, got to throw up out the window or something every once in a while. But listen, just stick with it. Well, you can transfer from 59 soon, right? They're going to get that star. They're going to they're gonna have that opportunity to choose their direction soon. Right now, you are along for the ride of mid. Have fun because you're going to lose half the games and win half the games, right? So if every single one of those is the beginning and the end of the world, your week is going to become very tumultuous. If the wins very are fun, tumultuous. If the wins are fun and the losses stink and you let them go the next morning, I think it will be better for your mental health. Sean, I said I wasn't going to turn it into a rant, and you know what I did? I turned it into like two separate rants. So back to you. And, and <laughs> I, need, I need to shut up for like two minutes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say something, and then we're going to bring up I-95 Bully who has his hand up. And again, if anyone wants to talk, just request we'll bring you up. Um, listen, it, I've always said that it's not the, I said this on, I forget, uh, when we, okay, who, who did we lose to won't then make us five and six? I believe that was, uh, let me look this up here. Was that the Nets game? Yes, I, it was a Nets game. It's not that we're five and six. It's how we're five and six. And for the most part, it's not that we're seven and eight it's how we're seven and eight um the losses just suck uh, excuse me eight and eight we are eight and eight we are we are we are listen i've been saying it all the time embrace the mid i'm with you um i think that's what people are going i think that's what people's um anger comes from it's you know it's you know losing to the hawks by 13 when you were up 23 it's giving up 27 threes in the first half that's first half. That'll be working. Giving up 27 threes in a game to the Celtics is giving them 145 at home to Thunder. It's uh, uh, in that 145. Talk about how they they came out and scored 48 in the first quarter. 48 then, points in the set of franchise record for scoring and got 
clapped. And in the <laughs> second quarter, they allowed 43. So they came out at the end of that first quarter. They said, holy crap, guys. That was amazing. We're having fun. We're flying up and down the court. We just put up a goddamn franchise record in points in a quarter. And they all collectively were like, yo, what if they got to do it back? <laughs> and just all let it happen. Because <laughs> that was so ugly. And it's funny because that was the KFS night too, KFS game. Mm-hmm. So if you look at last year, Cole Anthony's mom's birthday resulted in the besting of the New York Knicks by the Orlando Magic on KFS night. This year, KFS night, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and the Oklahoma City Thunder, one of the grayer stories of the year thus far, taking down the New York Knicks on their home court. Next year, I I was joking. I said, we got to play the Kings next year because (laughs) otherwise I don't see how we win one of these games. So Maybe we can play Florida State. Um, But that would get us a win. But you See, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you'll, you'll see I changed the title. The title of today's episode is What's the Agenda? Because I think this week caused everyone to their agendas were flying and then the results made them have to make a decision where they wanted to push, continue to push the agenda or if they wanted to, to, to alter it. So like there are people that were pissed off that we won two games this week. They're pissed. Because they thought that Tom Thibodeau's job was hanging by a thread. And there are people who are pissed at R.J. Barrett. And like you said earlier, you know, people that are almost like it, they, getting their takes off is more important than the success of this team. Uh, you know, we root for the front, we root for the front of the jersey, not the back. Um, there are people who are pissed that Julius Randle played well because they could not push their Julius Randle agenda. And I'm not the biggest Julius Randle fan in the world, but, you know, you have to recognize when he played well. So this week was just full of agendas. And people, you know, either happy that we lost or happy that we lost, it's sad that we won, or vice versa. And they believe that, you know, the sky is falling because we pulled off two back-to-back wins. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. What's up, Knicks fans? With the bustling holiday season just around the corner, it's the perfect time to plan ahead with Factor, a ready-to-eat meal delivery. They shop, prep, 
cook, and deliver right to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals during the holidays minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and more than 36 weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. My holidays are jam-packed. Luckily, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast when I'm on the go. Plus, I save time with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Factor now offers 34 meals per week and more than 36 add-on options, such as smoothies, juices, snacks, and so much more to keep me going no matter what I have going on. Also, Factor is cheaper than dining out. Put the money you save towards holiday fun and you time. And thanks to Factor's commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can enjoy flavorful, chef-crafted meals guilt-free. Need a special occasion? meal? Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easy. When things get hectic during the holidays, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. Even better, Factor's no prep, no mess meals save me so much time on planning and cleanup so I can enjoy the holidays without wasting hours in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I get too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy during the holidays. Knicks fans, Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep you energized during frantic holiday times. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use promo code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. All right, let me let's go to the people because the people are what matters the most and we appreciate them. Uh, I95 Bully is coming to the stage and then we have um oh where did he go? Um there we go. And then so we'll go to I95 Bully and then we'll go to Big Nick Energy and then Kevin Danishevsky because that's who we're pressing in order. What a lineup, I, yo. Great lineup to start. I-95 Bully, good morning. How the hell are you? I'm good. I uh, just dropped my son off at a guitar lesson, so I'm outside waiting for him to finish up. Um, man, that's fire. <laughs> early. <laughs> well, yo, I got a question, man. It seems like, to me, the fan base, like, we're grasping at straws like to, to place blame and, and all these narratives and agendas. It's just us just grasping at straws. Um because if you look at what, what Tibbs has done so far, if you would have been in preseason and someone would have said, hey, Tibbs is playing Randall and Obi together. He started staggering lineups. He benched Evan Fournier, went to a nine-man rotation. I think people would have been pretty excited about that. Yeah, it took a little while for us to, to get here. But people, I think, overall would have been excited about that. And um, one question that I have for you guys, um, we were talking about, well, I see online, um, getting rid of the vets, trading the vets. I mean, you look at Evan Fournier, he's at, what, 17 million? Rose is at 15 million. And then now you hear people talking about Mitch is expendable. He's at, what, 17 million for this year? 
but people don't realize the opportunity cost that it's going to take to move that amount of salary in one season. And unfortunately, I believe that a young player is going to have to be involved, maybe even two, because you're just not going to move off of vets using unconditional first-round picks. The teams are, are going to want something back. But I just want to know what you guys think the actual opportunity cost is going to be to clear up these log jams, because it seems like now we have log jams everywhere. We got log jams at the power forward position. We have log jams at the center position. In my opinion, we don't need three rotational centers and in, in, on the team. We don't need three centers that deserve minutes. It's it's too much. It's too much for Tibbs. Um, for me, I'm not really looking to blame Tibbs. For me, it's more on Leon because you know, he's responsible for the roster construction. And there's just too many log jams. But what do you guys think the actual opportunity cost is going to be to move off of some of these vets? Yeah, good question. Um, listen, I got to say, I do think there's a different answer for every player. I'm not saying you weren't saying that. I, I just, you know, I got to gotta set the table here. If, uh, every contract is different. And, you know, here. Um, now, this, basically, is, uh, with, this is where the, the high IQ fans come to, to listen to. So we're good, man. This is where the high, high IQ <laughs> come. Uh, appreciate that. So basically, you look at Fournier first. I can tell you Fournier and a first round pick for Karis LeVert. Unprotected. Was up in the air. That was up in the air last year. Um, I believe it was it was like a Nick pick lightly protected. So something like that. Um, but to move that salary and, and get one perceived as not bad. Um, that deal didn't happen, obviously. Um, Duncan Robinson and a couple second round picks were offered to the Knicks for Fournier. They said no. Wasn't worth it to them to get the much worse contract for just a couple second round picks. So like that kind of gives you an idea of where Fournier's value is at, right? You're either getting a better player back because you're attaching a draft pick or receiving draft picks for taking on an even worse contract. Um, for me personally, uh, if you could find a way to just like if there's a team that can absorb him into cap, obviously that would be nice. But you know, just finding someone with if they're gonna charge you for an expiring salary, then don't bother. But like literally, just finding someone who can send you back useless salary and no draft compensation, literally just dump the guy, like just dump the deal. Uh, when he was in the rotation, I would have wanted a, a second round pick or two back for him there, there's nothing at this point that makes me say hey um this guy you know we need to focus on a return for this guy because he's just not um he's not in the rotation at all he's not playing hey chris uh, can i throw one more at you yeah go ahead so we own the dallas pick this year and it's top 10 protected and we know dallas they can't really make any improvements using trades and their draft picks because we own their pick this year. Do you think that that Dallas pick that we have is really valuable to Dallas because we see where they're at in the standings? What do you think they're willing to offer to get back their, their pick for the upcoming draft? Not a damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, that franchise ain't trading with us no time soon. Because they're still butthurt about us coming through and crushing the building. Um, I, I, I think I, that had been thrown around in the past about um, 
them sending us something to remove the protections. But I don't see that happening at this point, un- unless Luca makes such a big stink about how bad about how mid this team their team is because the the Mavs fans I list, I follow a bunch of Mavs fans they're complaining they're, they 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 have they got heat from Mark Cuban they got smoke for him so unless it's get me some fucking help that call comes from Luca I don't see them removing the protection to trade that pick to get to um which would uh and the thing is if it, the, the shakier they are and the closer they are to to um to yep. possibly the play in that that incentivizes them more to not it should incentivize them more to not trade the pick because god forbid you know lightning strikes yeah i think dallas is certainly scorned um from their interactions with the knicks recently uh that's one of the front offices i've heard is not a fan at all um, of Leon Rose and his company that he keeps with the New York Knicks. Uh, I, I do not think that there would be any motivation from Dallas to acquire Fournier midseason, if anything, but because it would be them acknowledging that they were wrong over the offseason when they refused to trade for him. Uh, they thought the Knicks needed them, and I was very consistent in like very loudly being like, hey, Guys, Jeremy Cohen explained like months ago how this can go down without them. I don't think the Knicks need them. Everyone was like, oh my God, this front office went all in on Brunson and now the Mavs are going to rob us blind. I was like, no, we can do this completely without them, like completely. And Dallas didn't realize that. They thought New York needed them to get Brunson. So they completely let it slip because they were complete. They were totally under the uh, impression that New York needed to make a deal with them. And then New York used six second round picks to clear cap space. And they were like, holy shit, we just got pulled a fast one on. Like, oh my God. And they were so embarrassed at what they saw in the mirror that they kind of just blamed it all on us. And we're like, ah, they were tampering. Nah. So um, it's kind of tough with them. I would say with Fournier, if you can find someone to take a single second round pick and give you back a contract that like, expires a year sooner like just do it just get just just do it whatever it is rose um to get to go around the table around the horn here quickly for you the other players you brought up rose you know evaluation is certainly different around the league um there are some teams whose medical staffs might determine he could play 18 minutes a game in in which case they would be willing to probably surrender something for him i I also know there are teams with medical staff that (laughs) might think a little you know a little less would be a little better for the for the guy in, in his um basketball geriatric age so i i think that he's a really good player a really good leader but like you know those threes he loves those pull-up threes take a just i'm i'm not trying to like skew your bias you in any way just watch, like seriously let's see what happens watch derrick rose over these next couple games watch his shots let me know what percent of them come up short he, he to me personally, the the number one way I check to see if a guy is cooked, it's Kemba failed this test instantly, is if their jumpers are coming up short a lot because they don't have the lift in their legs that they used to anymore, and their jump shot is so ingrained in the, their muscle memory that they just keep coming up short because they can't adjust the arm portion of it and their legs come up flat. I think Rose is there, so you know I would take a single second round pick for him and and salary that match. Um, you know, Schwinnie Poo, I got to credit him. Uh, 
put this idea in my head, um, planted the seed. Now it's grown a little bit over the last couple of days. Peyton Pritchard, you know, what draft compensation would it take to turn Derrick Rose into Peyton Pritchard? Um, that was a first round pick by the Boston Celtics taken right next to IQ. So compared a lot to him naturally, but those two could actually be really good on the court together on our bench unit. Um, you know, maybe that's something we look into. I, I doubt it, but maybe he's the third stringer in Boston right now. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, our friend Yerick Osim, you know, he, he, he's a good player, but he's the third string. So if we could pry Pritchard, that pry Peyton Pritchard gotta be a tongue twister anyway. Um, you know, you know, something like that. And then for the case of the mysterious, uh, ambivalent one, Julius Randall, um, I would say that he needs to keep this up. What this, this energy, this, keep this up. And we can talk about finding something for him. You were talking about having to include a young player. I, I totally disagree that that would be necessary when the Knicks do make these deals. However, I can tell you that that might have been necessary this past offseason. The Knicks, I know, were given an offer by a team in the West Coast that offered some some veteran contracts they were trying to offload, as well as a first-round pick if it meant getting Julius Randle and Emmanuel quickly. So they kind of tried to frame it as like, hey, we'll take Randle off your hands and give you these vets and a first-round pick. Just throw in quick. Just throw them in. Just, you know, a little, little seasoning on the side. Just throw them in. The Knicks were like, yeah, no. Um, so if that gives you any reassurance of what they might be looking for in quickly in a trade, uh, because of those reports recently, they're not going to move him for nothing. This is someone they value. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, they might have to dress this up as part of a bigger deal. Like maybe Randall and Rose get dealt in the same three-team deal. And they they try to squeeze as much value as they can out of the pair. But uh, yeah, I think that's about. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat 
and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Not as much, <laughs> as much insight as I can give there, so I'll, I'll wrap up. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that um, they, they, it's funny about the log jam. Um, you know, the log jam is basically gonna, is, the log jam of vets is basically uh, Derek Rose and Evan Fournier. And Evan Fournier doesn't belong in this team anymore, which is sad because I said there's a role for him on this team, but he doesn't fit for this team. Not All right, with, let's not with Pam being real. Yes. Cam Reddish is decided to stop being an NFT and appearing like once every like eight games. And he, he really focused on being a consistently productive role player. And with that guy on the team, the, the society has progressed past the need for Evan Fournier. So. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I-95 Bully, thank you for the question. Appreciate you. Let's go to Kevin Danishevsky. Oh, unfortunate news bite before Kevin gets in here. Uh, Pistons guard Cade Cunningham out indefinitely. He's considering a surgery that would sideline him for an extended period of time with a stress fracture in his shin. So, oh no! For anyone you know who all <laughs> and <laughs> the Pistons were tough to watch, man. That that's really that really stinks for them. That's their he is the young core. Obviously, they have other guys, but Cade is great. Um, just as a basketball fan, that really stinks. So sorry, but go on, Kevin. <laughs> Hey guys, um, What's up, man? um, so last night I was really, and over the last few games, I've been really frustrated with RJ Barrett as I think the, the feeling is pretty ubiquitous and I hate that I'm the guy who is piling on him, but, um, I couldn't sleep. So I wrote 1500 words about where, I think the RJ conversation is right now. And just looking at some efficiency stats from last year, which are really bad. And there's a basketball reference indicator um, that has a similarity score. The highest similarity score on that list is Nick's legend, Tony Douglas. So that's not great. And yeah, that's so I'm just, Frustrated and hoping, hoping for be- hoping for better days ahead. There, uh, really frustrating on defense too. Um, last night, Jericho Sims, on the other hand, is an absolute revelation. Um, say what you will about this front office. I think this front office has picked so well and clearly has an eye for talent. I get that there were others around quickly, and then like maybe you go Halliburton over Obi, but. Even considering Rokas' progress in Spain, I don't think there's been a pick where you can say, oh, the Knicks got this one wrong. Um, yeah, they're all at least front. still up in the air, which is which is interesting. You know, Rokas... But that was in, but that was in this front office. That RJ was um, the previous front office. 
Right. I'm saying I'm saying like all the picks uh, that, that Leon's made have kind of they're just still up in the air or they're looking good. You know, like I, I would say Grimes is a success, but he's currently up in the air because of you know the situation. I think they're just sitting him um, with Fournier so that it doesn't come off as harshly of a benching, uh, but for trade value purposes. But basically, um, yeah, you're right. The front office has done really good drafting. I know um, it, it was not Tibbs or Wes or, or any of those guys that wanted Jericho at 58. That was a Brock pick. So, um, you know, as much as Tibbs dislikes the hinky clone that the Knicks employ, that guy found him a rotational big at 58. So I was sort of under the, and, and I'm, I, you were much more tuned in. You're too much more tuned in than I am, but I was under the impression that Tibbs really liked Jericho from the start. And I think he does like him. I just know the off the court reason why Jericho fell to 58. And I know that Brock Holly is the guy that insisted they, they take the flyer on him at 58. Right. Right. Yeah. And he is a four. So he's a four year guy at Texas and he has the highest vertical, the highest vertical jump ever in the combine. And what's, what's funny to me, what's funny to me about him. And, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is just a quick one liner about other teams drafting. Uh, you know, every time the Knicks draft a player, well, how many times have you guys heard? I assume it's over 10 times. You guys have heard something on a broadcast about how, the Knicks took SGA and cast him aside in favor of Kevin Knox from the same Kentucky team, right? Well, the Charlotte Hornets took Kai Jones from that Texas team at 19 overall. They actually traded a first-round pick to the Knicks to be able to get Kai Jones. The Knicks waited until, oh, geez, my math, 37 picks later, to get his Texas teammate, Jericho Sims, who's been unequivocally a better player so far. So, you know, you only hear about these things when it's the Knicks that mess up. Uh, don't, you know, don't be fooled. Yeah, the, the, there, there is a team that took a player 37 picks higher than the Knicks that was on the same team as the player the Knicks took. And, our, our, you know, the New York player ended up better. So uh, not everything is just uh, – Cursed. This front office seems to know you can hate their free agent negotiation. You can hate their stress. Whatever it is, this is the one area where I myself am like, wow, they're killing. And Chris, just looking, the, just looking at the way they handled that 2019 draft, it was a, it was a masterclass. Um, we essentially got Cam Reddish for the 19th pick, and we all loved Cam Reddish. He's played really well. Might be our best defender right now. Um, and who are the other players we could have gotten? Do we want Jalen Johnson right now, who I think is shooting 14% from three? Do we want Keon Johnson, who is, should, is also not shooting very well from three? Usman Garuba? Josh Christopher? Yeah, um, the, guys the player that, that we got up. is Quentin Grimes. And then after yeah. that, there are some good, like Bones Highland, who's kind of a quickly clone and quickly was coming. It, it, it wouldn't have made sense. Cam Thomas does not make sense for this team. The next good player is is at 32, which is Jeremiah Robinson Earl. We'll see about Rokas. And I don't think any Nick would have been upset. Any Nick fan would have been upset if we picked if we picked uh, McBride at 21, and we got him at 36. It was so. It was an absolute 2021. The 2021 draft and the trade that resulted from the 2021 draft was fantastic. And I think even 
this year, if you look at the players drafted after, I think it's it's go like Jalen Williams is really good. Um, and I I don't think I don't know if, like we we have three set we have three centers already. I understand that Robinson was up in the air, but I don't. There's not a world where Jalen Duran makes sense for this team and everyone else. Like I guess Ochai. Uh, Ochai is pretty decent, but like, there's nobody else who I'm like, man, we had to have him. There's like, oh, like, ugh, like if we didn't have Osman Jiang right now, like, where would we be? Also, thank, thank God we didn't select John. I know Johnny Davis is like, I shouldn't judge him based off his first ten games or whatever, and the summer league. But Johnny Davis has looked really bad. It's been bad. Um, so I, I, I they've drafted really they, they their process has been really really good in the draft and uh i'm kind of excited to see what they do this year with potentially three picks in a and potentially what might be as you can speak to chris maybe the most loaded draft since i don't know when um yeah the top of this 23 draft is looking really spicy um, just in terms of like, there might be a guy who would go number one every year going number two. So like, it's one of those top of the drafts, you know, but, um, I think people will be interested in like the guys that go from, I don't know, like five to 15, like that range is also good here. There's a lot of interesting wings, uh, a lot of bets. Um, <laughs> if you've got like the, the, the sixth overall pick in the 23 draft or something, you're basically going to the casino. Like you got to figure out which gamble you're going to take, which guy's shooting or which guy's handle. Like there's a lot of good prospects. I'll I'll put it that way, but um, their upside is really high. So you look at a guy like Osar Thompson, who is literally not the best brother of his. That's a prospect. And he's a top six prospect, top seven prospect. And Amen is probably three or four. But also, are like, dude, that kid's an athletic freak. And, and he's so bendy. And it's just like fascinating to watch him play and think what he might be able to do in the NBA. So, you know, his brother, even better than him, guys like Scoot, guys like Wenmanyama. It's just, it's a, it's a big draft class for sure, Kev. Uh, yeah, no. Um... I'm excited to see what they do. Um, and yeah, I guess back to my first point, RJ needs to be better. And yeah, but also, uh, John, I think alludes to this a lot. We need to maybe expect a little bit different, a little bit of different things the first from him, I think. Um, yeah, I think he started slow every year too. You know, I'm not trying to, again, I, I think I've said this before <laughs> on here. Not trying to compare him to Jason Tatum one bit, okay? But they both have the same trainer, right? They both they both went to Duke. That, that's a coincidence. But they both have the same trainer, okay? Tatum started out hot his rookie year, okay? Years two to five, he had slow starts. This year, in year six, he didn't have a slow start. The Celtics fan base threw a damn party. They were like, oh, my God, he finally didn't start slow, okay? So because years two to five... He started slow and ended up fine. Did you even hear about that? Like, did you even hear Tatum started slow for five years straight? No, right? No one cared. I think that it's tough with the bright lights in New York. I also think his great play on both ends of the court earns him more leeway than someone like Barrett earns himself on a nightly basis. (laughs) 
but that's not the point I'm making. It's it's a more about the logic of guys start slow across the league and, and no one really cares except for their own fan base. Um, so I understand why the Nick fan base thinks it's a huge problem. Barrett always starts out slow. I'm just someone who's like, hey, I know the NBA does a lot of advertising, but the the product isn't always the best game in the world. Like sometimes these guys don't look like superheroes for stretches. Uh, if you saw Randall getting tea before the game last night, it seems like everyone on the Knicks is fucking dead now. So, you know, whatever that's worth, um, everyone is dead. So No, RJ's clearly uh, sick. Yeah, he's clearly sick, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, he needs to not play if he's this sick because he's that bad. So, you know, I, I think that... And as Benji uh, pointed out, his sickness doesn't, uh, as, we, as far as we know, impact, impact his vision. Yeah, um, so basically... You know, this team does this thing where guys on this team have to be the tough guy stereotype and and thug it through whatever tough problems they got going on. Randall last season clearly having issues um, with his play, with the fan base, with what seemed like his career at the time. Like he just seemed like he needed a break uh, for a lot of different reasons. And he toughed through it. Um, because he wanted to be the guy. And, Chris, and he also had a nagging, according to him, I just remember he had he had a quad thing. I think that I think was yeah. And did he did he sit? No, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, he had to tough through it. And 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 you know, Berman would write about him that he's an Iron Man and that his durability is underrated. It's like, well, he's forcing himself to play and he's not playing as well as he could be. <laughs> How badly do you want him playing? Chris, oh, I was going to say real quick, the yeah. Jason Tatum comparison is interesting because I actually brought this up on the KFS halftime Patreon Zoom yesterday. And I'm not comparing, let me be clear before I get clipped on the internet. I am not comparing Jason Tatum and RJ Barrett. The only thing those two have in common is that they are both the number third pick in the draft. Third pick but, in the draft, Duke and trained by and Duke. Yes, and Duke. They have the same trainer. That to me is what's notable because if they're doing similar workouts before the start of a season. That's it. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Tatum's rookie year, you know, he comes on the scene and, you know, he's playing with Kyrie or whatever. And he's basically like, you know, in a good situation, you know, getting old, getting the threes, getting to take threes. And, and then, you know, he has that. And then he has a series against the uh, Cavs. They go to seventh. Everyone thinks like, oh, this kid is going to be, you know, this kid is going to be it next year. Watch out for him. I remember there's a lot of hyperbole about him. And then he spent the summer working out with Kobe. And then the next year, he spent most of the season taking, like, fadeaway long twos. And he, quote, not regressed, but the leap wasn't there. And people spent the entire offseason, the entire season, bashing him, like, oh, what's wrong with this kid? He was doing this, and now he's doing that. He's taking long twos and, like, one once. What you know, wrong foot fadeaway is this than the third? This and was again, back when Tatum and Kuzma was a conversation. That was a real debate. Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma Jesus, Lakers fans are the best. Anyway, that was a um, real debate at the time. Uh, I said to say, and again, I am not saying that RJ Barrett is Jason Tatum, but what I am saying is that maybe this is RJ Barrett's quote unquote lost season. Because and when I say lost season, I mean the season where you're just like left shaking your head. Um, now, clearly, Tatum Tatum has recovered and is a top 10 player in this league. And we would walk, some of us would walk on glass to have him on our team. But 
whatever they did this season, then the offseason, <laughs> so far has not translated. And yes, it's only been 15 games, but there's certain things that's not been 15 games. It's been three years of 15 games. Like, um, like if they if they are working on finishing better at the rim and and he's still not finishing better at the rim, then I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, 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 I'm not giving up on the kid. It is frustrating. It's, it, it's annoying. I wish he was better at the rim. I wish he shot better from the three, but at the same time, um, this franchise, and shout out to Mensa because he had an amazing rant on the KFS pregame show about how this franchise has never, ever empowered their top two draft picks from day one like other franchises have um and maybe if they had maybe we will be in a different place um i'm now going to bring up i'm now going to bring up fat man trav uh kevin thanks for the question and for as always thanks for your support same for you i 95 bully trav are you there yeah i'm here i got kicked out the room but i'm back Welcome back, sir. What you got? Uh, I, don't, I ain't gonna lie, man. We don't fire Tibbs, man. I'm just gonna be. A, I'm just gonna stop being a Knicks fan for this season, cause. Oh, stop I'm, it! Stop, bro. That's that. Last night was annoying, bro. It gets annoying. It gets repetitive and annoying. We got Julius Randle shooting threes like he Clay Thompson. This shit is crazy, yo, bro. I watched people get deflated on the court in the first quarter because he shot too many threes. He's not even looking to pass the ball. Only time he wants to pass the ball, but he jumps in the air at the free throw line thinking he Derrick Rose when he's a rookie. Jump passing the ball. Yo, come on, man. What are we doing here, bro? This is, this is starting to become a joke, man. It's starting to become a joke for real, though. Like, we got a good team, an okay team, a mid team, whatever you want to call it. The team is sufficient enough that we can, we can feel good about ourselves. And he is a horrible coach. Like, it's to the point where, yo, you got to fire him, bro. Because it's not, it's regressing. Like, we get a game, we can, oh, yeah, we can hang our hats on. And then, last night, the game gets away from us because Julius Randle literally shot us out the game. Out the game. How? When are you finally going to realize as a coach, yo, like, sometimes you just got to take him out the game. Obi Toppin was balling yesterday. Lo and behold, the big dude was balling yesterday, and you just be yo. Man, I don't know, man. It's just starting to come, man. I, he can't be here, man. He gotta go, bro. He gotta go, bro. Oh, I just can't be a fan for the rest of the season until he go, cause it's like, come on, man. I, and your rotations is horrible. It's just it's a bad coaching, bro. So all right, so listen, I I will not disagree with you that I think the future of this team, like we do, need to move on from the head coach. But I'm going to play. I'm going to play um, Andrew Claudio for for this because Andrew Claudio, when me and Mensa and actually bash Thibodeau um, unceremoniously and deservedly, if you ask us, he he tries to play devil's advocate, take the other side. So I'm going to try and do that here. If we hire a new coach tomorrow, okay. Actually, I'll take a step back. What is the biggest thing that you would want the coach to change if a new coach is hired? The rotations. The, the the actual the 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 controlling of Julius Randle. Assure do you on Julius Randle. Do you th- do you think if we hire Johnny Bryan, Julius Randle is suddenly gonna start playing 25 minutes a game? It's, he, can't, he can't play 25 minutes because of his pay grade, right? Respectfully. But respectfully. But you gotta let him know that you're not the number one, bro. 
It's not it. You're not it, bro. You're not it. So I don't think as I don't think as long as Julius Randle's here, he's gonna be the, he's gonna feel like the guy because you can't take matching you, his you, minutes one for one with Kevin Durant was the most ludicrous talent. <laughs> about if, if you've watched Julius Randle play every game, then you know that he's a good player and that he has to be deployed in a certain way and he could be really good. You also know that he's not in the same universe as Kevin Durant. So if your evaluation of your talent as a head coach. Is that the best way to approach playing Kevin Durant is to get into a shootout with him and yeah. to have your representative in the duel be Julius Randle? That, that, that is a gross misevaluation of your own talent. I, I, I I'm t- can I just say this real quick? We really got some... Oh, all right. We're never going to see the full potential of R.J. Barrett as long as Julius Randle is here. This is a fact. They clash too much on the court, bro. It, 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 it's hard to shake a shell when you got Julius Randle. Right now, you're going to see the best of Cam Reddish over a course of four to five games because Julius Randle won the court, bro. I agree with you 100% about yeah, RJ. Like RJ. I'm watching the game last night and I'm try- I'm seeing Cam Reddish trying to get into something and Julius Randle runs and takes the ball every time, bro. Yo, it's re- Yo, bro, I was at the game this summer where a regular dude gave Julius Randle 40. You know what I'm saying? He didn't even, as a basketball player, it's something got pride got to come kick in. His pride is the wrong way. It's, it's scary, bro. It's Halloween when he plays, bro, and it's bad because we overpaid him too fast, thinking we had to do this not, and everybody told him, we got one more year, let him play it out. If it ain't good, we can get out of here on him. We can get off that contract. Yeah. Now we're stuck. I, I, Come on, man. We're not stuck. Okay. I don't think we are. I don't think if this front office wanted to get off of Julius Randle tomorrow, they could. Like his contract is not an albatross. And I don't think his contract is viewed around the league. Like, like it's not the Ben Simmons deal, which might be the worst contract in the league. I do think that what the Knicks want for want for that contract is more than teams are willing to pay. But they can they could get off. They can get off. They can get off 48 tomorrow if they wanted to. But they want. This, I guess say all the time, this front office value is value above all. So they are, I think Fred Katz even said it on on the Canva show that, you know, like they were shopping 48, but they were asking for like a first and no one, no one's giving you a first or ever 48. Um, I agree with you a thousand percent that I don't think we'll ever see the full potential of RJ Barrett as long as Julius Randle's on the team. Cause I said earlier, they occupy the same place spaces. They don't play to get well together. They have no two man game, no chemistry. Your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. Um, this front office, I will say, and, um, they have they have prioritized asset accumulation, and I don't think that they realize that like you can't have assets. You you it's one thing to accumulate assets, but another thing to have them appreciated value. And because of the head coach and the way they've allowed the head coach to do certain things, which they are complicit in, so you can't just blame the coach. Um, the assets are not accumulated as much as they would like to have been because, like, they want to do a trade. Oh, we got all these young kids. These kids ain't that good. Yes, they are. Then why don't you play them? Oh, well, you know, the head coach. And click. <laughs> so. That's hey, Sean. Yes, sir. Yo, you, you. All right. Watch, listen to this, man. R.J. Barrett needs to go to some 
somebody with good handle. This offseason needs to just work on his handles. We agree? No, he needs to work on his finishing at the rim. I think he can finish at the rim just more with the right hand, but he has to work on his handle. He has no handle, bro. He has no shiftiness, no nothing about him. Everything is strong pound. So if you got to do that, you need to work on strong moves. He doesn't have no go-to move. Everything is work, 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 overwork. Try to get to my left hand, go strong up. He needs to work on a, a counter move. He has no counter move, makes that sense. Um, do we take a chance and make that our wings for the next four to five years? Because I think that I think RJ and Cam can play great off each other. Do we take that chance, or should we take that chance? Oh, I would listen. I I would love to have a. I think an RJ and Cam at the wings would be amazing. Um, I would take the chance. We just have to convince this front office that it's time to it's time to uh, move on from number thirty. Um, I personally think that I said that I don't think that Obi. I think one of Randall Obi gone, but be gone by the trade deadline. I'm still think I'm still sticking to that. So once that happens, then a then a then you may be able to see that maybe if not starting, but at least like more RJ and Cam minutes together. Um, but thirty has to go for that to happen. So until that happens, you know we're just, we're just stuck here. All right. Uh, it is 9.05 Pacific, 12.05 Eastern. I think I'm going to wrap up. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at myself that I made it through this show. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I'm tired. I went to uh, bed at 4 a.m. If that, if you, that makes you feel better. Well, I, well, you went to bed at 4 a.m. Eastern. I went to bed at 5.30 a.m. Eastern. Um, so... <laughs> LA, LA, big city of dreams. Um, hey. Yes, sir. Uh, shout out to Trav. Shout out to Kevin Danishevsky. Shout out to I- I-95 Bully. Sorry you missed Big Nick Energy. Um, shout out to C.T. Pittman. I see you down there. Shout out to Nate, a Hawks fan. Nate, appreciate you coming to the space as always. Um, we're going to wrap this up. We're going we're gonna to call give it, you call it a day. On my awards. Okay, Nick of the Week. All right, you know what? That I, I'm gonna that give I really it- just remember your awards and not you. You did just remember my awards. That's why you're my co-host because you are my friend and you care about me. Nick of Nick of Barker of the yeah, week. Yeah, that, that's a long way of saying that edible still here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Nick of the week, Julius Randle. Because oh! listen, the accountability meeting, like I laughed. I said, you know, when I think Steve Popper reported that Randall called the meeting, spoke about accountability. I sent my joke, I sent my fat joke. Uh, mean video of uh, what the fuck you can't make this shit up holy shit like this dude fucking serious and he was accountable and he played I mean yes the defense lapses are there I think sometimes he's just confused but the energy was there and the effort was there yeah he, he played he, great he's still not God's gift to basketball on defense but he's he's trying to look like he doesn't not care, <laughs> which I think, yeah. So, so he gets the Nick Bakker Award of the Nick of the Week, and my CTS Award, CTS means cut the shit, goes to Julius Randle. Because why can't you play like this all the time? Why? <laughs> I know you would just say that, Sean. Why can't you play with the same? Why can't you play with this effort and energy all the 
time. Like, if you had just played like this last year, I didn't need you to be all NBA 41% from three, 20, 24, 10, and five. Why couldn't you just play with this level of effort and energy last year? If you played, if you and the team played with this level of effort and energy, we would we would feel much better about our eight and eight than we already than we do now. I, I've been like telling I said, people, I said, I said the pro and con list are both very long for that Julius Randle game against uh, against Utah and Denver. Uh, but especially that 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 real hustle he showed. Uh, even Macri had to do a whole newsletter about it, right? Um, against marketing. Basically, you look at that play, and it really shows you how low hanging the fruit is for him. It shows you how close he is to high level play, and and then you see he's capable of it. And you really, you know, uh, it's natural of fans when something bad happens to want to think why. We're always trying to assign blame. We're always trying to figure things out. It's it's smart of th- us to do to want to have an explanation as to why things happen. Um, listen, I, I got to say, it's frustrating for me as a Randall supporter. As I was telling people, see, I told you he could play like this. And the answer was, so why doesn't he do it? And I was like, damn, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, like um, as someone who said coming into this year, Randall was absolutely capable of this play. And I was told that he wasn't like, I didn't agree with that. I also can't disagree with the notion that it's on him. The fact that he doesn't try like this every game. So I I totally agree with your double edged sword here. I was expecting RJ to get the CTS and you were going to say, just like, go get some Mucinex or something. But (laughs) I, I like this. Honorable mention for CTS award goes to um, Tom Thibodeau for if RJ Barrett is hurt, I mean sick, and clearly not playing well. Why do you keep playing him? Like you just can't be like, he's a starter, got to play him. Like read the room, make the adjustment. So and I was gonna curse, but I see I saw that Pastor Claudio's OB Hive is in here, and I do not want to curse when a Pastor (laughs) Claudio. So basically. Um, like I was saying earlier, I think I literally got sidetracked for my own point. I'll finish it up quick here. Randall played through last season, RJ playing through this season. This team does this thing where our guys detrimentally try to thug it out. I, I wish we would change our mentality as a team and reward sitting. Like I cannot, we need to have this locker room tell RJ, yo, you already got us all sick. The damage is done. You're playing like shit. Go ahead and have a seat. Um, I just, I, I think this Nick team is about as good as I thought it was coming into the year. Um, if you look at the tweet that Sean put up on the Summer Jam screen, a Schwinnie Poo tweet, uh, I, I totally agree with that tweet. So, you know, I, I think perspective is important. Um, I think this was a, a good week for the Knicks overall. And the reason I say that is because Tom Thibodeau and Julius Randle both showed them that even if it took until just when everything was about to all really unravel and fall apart for these guys to stick their heels in the ground and stop the negative momentum and turn this ship around, even if it took until the KFS night where I was literally in front of Macri and Cohen and Claudio. And I'm telling these guys, Benji, and I'm telling these guys, I'm saying that is a team that does not give a shit about what their coach has to say. They gave up on him. 
And they're like, eh, I don't know. Jeremy was like, I agree. Macri was like, eh. Claudio was like, eh. I was like, they gave up on that damn coach today. They did not want to hear it from him. And Randall held that meeting after. Um, you know, whatever Randall thinks of Thibodeau, uh, Randall held that meeting and and took some fault for himself, which was shouldn't be impressive because that's just a thing that adults do. But it was a nice change of pace for him, um, and then he and then he actually backed it up. It wasn't empty. So let's let's end this show on the cheers that hopefully uh, words continue to not be empty for the New York Knicks because for a long time they've been saying all the right things, and they've also said that their plan is going to require patience, and fans have gotten very impatient. So let's hope that these words of this regime and of these players ring true. Um, but they're doing everything they can to uphold them. Uh, and then you guys all have a great weekend. Sean, sign off your show, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, everyone, for pulling up. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, we will be back next Saturday at 11 a.m. Um, I will be back in New York, and I will be I will have gotten a full night, full night of sleep. Shout out to everyone that came through again. Trav, Kev, Nate, Civil, I-95, Bully. Uh, Alti Red. I'm just running off names. Leonard Gambino. I'm gonna follow you back. Uh, yeah, everyone. Um, thank you. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. Have a good day, everyone. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.